1: From the southernmost point of Dorne to the lands of always winter, what is west of west and the shadows in the east, this is Casterly Talk. I'm Ken Absuck. This is your weekly look inside the world of ice and fire, celebrating Game of Thrones, the song of ice and fire, fire and blood, House of the Dragon, uh, the Dance of the Dragons, the uh, Dragon Dance Dance Revolution. That's not a thing. Hey, we're talking Game of Thrones, and I am not alone here today. Joining me, welcoming back one of the core members of the crew around these parts, Andres Cabrera. I am here. Ace is in the place.
2: Yes. Back to
1: talk Game of Thrones. You know, I couldn't do it without you this week because I tried to do it without you last week. Yes. We got a great call, great question. We're going to replay that call. It was a Baelish question. And I was like, man, Ace is my Baelish guy. Yeah. Yeah. You're (laughs) inside Baelish's head. Yeah. And we're going to discuss that here today. But, uh, you know, just want to catch up with you, too, uh, by the way. Uh, you're doing great work with Robert Butler uh, III. And uh, you, Sabrina, is she, Sabrina. She, Sabrina, I always yes. uh, forget to mention her now. She's a, a new addition to the show, the Media of Podcast, doing well, right? Dig yeah. it in. Yeah. Digging in. Have you guys done a Game of Thrones one yet?
2: We have not. <laughs> Main reason why is because neither of them have seen Game of Thrones. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, I'm the Game. Of, I'm the only Game of Thrones head on that oh, show. Wow. Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. Oh, and I, next time I see every three, I'm gonna I'm gonna sit them down and ask him why.
2: Yeah, I know.
1: No's fine. I just want to know why. Yeah. Uh, you can follow them on uh, YouTube under uh, the meaning of and first cut first which cut. is the channel. Yeah. Uh, good to have you here to discuss this thing. Uh, I do, uh, House of the Dragon, man, we're we're getting ready. We're getting ready. And you haven't been, uh, you know, around these parts when they kind of officially said it's two years away. Hmm. Are you, are you going to be okay? How, yeah. how are you going to survive?
2: Yeah, I was here last time when we talked Did about we talk it? about yeah, it? Yeah, we did.
1: Because ah, you I'm were disappointed. I was disappointed.
2: Yeah, and, and I was too. And it's one of those things where I told you they might be doing the whole Let's yeah, kind of that's true. give it time to heal that's, that's the right. the season eight thing. <laughs> I, can't forget,
1: I can't remember. I can't believe yeah. I forgot that. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I might have to reread Fire and Blood and get mm-hmm. through it.
2: Okay. You're I think me. by the time it comes back, people are going to be craving for it, which is kind of what they want. They want to have people have enough time away so where they're saying, oh, man, you know what I really want right <laughs> now? A Game of Thrones
1: show. Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. Okay, um, let's dive in here. I am going to pot up the board here, and you and I are going to re-listen to this call that came in last week. Uh, And again, if you have a call, a thought, a what-if, a rebuttal, we even got someone on the other side after we take a break, someone who's uh, one of our regular callers who's like, hey, you know, Ken, I don't agree with you, jerk. Uh, well, you didn't say check. Uh, we're gonna, so we're gonna talk about that. Uh, this is uh, we got a new caller. It's gonna set up a bigger future episode. A lot of things today here in Catch the Duck. But let's go to this call from Addy, and then we're gonna hear from Ace what he thinks.
0: Hey, Ken, Addy here, first time caller, longtime listener. Uh, been watching my rewatch of Game of Thrones only in season one, episode seven. You win or you die. Robert's dead uh Ned knows that the children of uh Robert and Cersei are actually the children of Jamie and Cersei etc. Baelish has come to his office and has basically presented to him we're just going to let all that go and Joffrey will become king and if Joffrey becomes a problem we'll take care of him later. I'm curious to hear your thoughts on what you think would have happened if Ned had gone along with what Baelish suggested and not gone to stannis not gone to war with the lannisters made peace with the lannisters instead um what do you think would have happened love the show love everything you're doing keep up the great work can't wait to hear your thoughts
1: all right so that is that's where we're at with that uh, that is a uh, big question big mm. question season 1 mm. Ned is conspiring, but in a good way. I guess you can conspire in a good way. He's he's conspiring. He is um, about ready to pack up, And Bayliss comes in, uh, throws everything on uh, the on on the, uh, on, on the uh, turns the apple cart upside down, so to speak. And uh, Bayliss is like, "Hey, Ned, you buffoon! Don't do what you're going to do. Don't out Joffrey. Don't write to Stannis. Let's kind
2: of figure something out here. All right, I pitch it to you." It's interesting. I don't, because I just don't know. It's interesting because there's two things you have to separate. You have Mm -hmm. to separate the intentions of Baelish and the intentions of Ned, right? Right. So if you really think about it, Baelish's intentions have always been a question mark for most audiences. Most people don't know what his endgame is or what eventually his endgame would have been, considering the ending we got. Again, I can go off about that, but I won't. Considering that he's the one who kind of started the lion versus the wolf right. with the with the letter and with John Aaron and with all this kind of stuff, so if he would incite this war between the Lannisters and the Starks, mm-hmm. what is his advantage to kind of quiet it, it down? Right, right. You see what I'm saying? Because
1: chaos is a ladder. Chaos that's is that's what he
2: wanted, right? So yeah. uh, did he expect Ned to listen to him to begin with? Is one thing, right? Oh, the idea that by okay by saying so part
1: of his goal was you know what Ned definitely you should not do that you should do this meaning he's going to do that and not do this
2: well part of me also feels but part of me also feels oh no this was Baelish being like okay wait a minute right what if my plans switch Mm -hmm, what he's mm -hmm. calling an audible he's saying right if I can get Ned to see my way maybe I can get him to see my way and say you know what let's put joffrey on the on the throne he says make peace with the lannisters is the line right. he says right. he says don't let stannis take over stannis is like undermanned mm-hmm. he's weak he's on dragonstone he doesn't have what you need you can easily shut him out you can and if if joffrey acts up we can always put renly on the throne is what he says renly was the, yeah renly was his wild card so yeah he said we can always put renly on the throne so maybe Baelish is thinking If I have Ned on my side, Mm. it'll be easier to get rid of Ned whenever I need to. It'll be easier to get rid of the Lannisters whenever I need to because I have Ned on my side. So I have these two power dynamics where I'm kind of playing the middle game Mm. where eventually I can get what I want, which if we go back to season one, Mm -hmm. Baelish... Catelyn Stark in the throne, I guess is what Baelish wanted. Yeah. and it <laughs> So switches. he can get rid of Ned, yeah. look good to Catelyn because he helped your hu- ex-husband out because right. now he's dead, ex-husband, right. imagining in the future he dies sure. or he finds a way to kill him because let's face it, right, Baelish right. can do that. Yep. So he can get Catelyn Stark by seeming like he's compa- he was compassionate towards Ned, sided right. with Ned and eventually overthrow the Lannisters. He can get everything he wants, essentially... At the same time, while making peace or seemingly making peace with Ned yeah. by, by being his ally, by being yeah. his like confidant, his sidekick, his hand of the king, <laughs> whatever you want to call it. Baelish could have been that guy for Ned. Right. And Baelish could have been kind of controlling Ned in the background
3: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: And, until eventually he would overthrow, overthrow him and overthrow the Lannisters and do whatever he wanted. Because let's face it. Mm. In this same episode, you win or you die, we get that one the scene. The greatest, yeah. You get that one scene with Baelish in the brothel with, uh, what's mm-hmm. her name, Roz? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The big sex position yes, scene. Yes, where he literally says everything that Baelish, it's the yeah. most explicit Baelish we've ever got. <laughs> a little it, too explicit for me. It, that's <laughs> cool yeah, yeah. It's a little much. <laughs> uh, but at the same time, we get to see him just kind of take off the mask yeah, and, and just be like, he's just talking shit and just like spitting yeah. fireballs and just being like, I'm Baelish. I don't give a crap. I'm gonna L- Let me tell thump. you my <laughs> story. Yeah, exactly. He says, I don't, I don't fight. I F. Yeah. Um, and, and he says, let me tell you my story. He talked about Brandon Stark. He talked about how he's never going to beat him in that game. So he's going to play his own game. Mm. How his, his whole purpose in life is just to F people over.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, and, and he basically explains what he is and he finishes by saying, you know, eventually, you know, I'm going to get what I want. And then obviously Ross says, what is it that you want? And yeah. he's like, oh, everything, my dear. <laughs> and that's exactly what he wants. He wants everything. everything. He wants to rule Westeros. Yeah, he he wants to be the king. He wants to rule the world. Like, he'd that's ru- Baelish. He'd rule over the, the over the pile of ashes. Yeah, that and, 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 and that's yeah. the thing. His advantage was always like... I know who these people are. I know what I have to do. I know Brandon Stark. So therefore I kind of know Ned Stark It's Mm -hmm. kind of his thought process. Right. Right. So I know the kind of mentality of a Stark. Uh, therefore I have the advantages to use my intellect to overtake them. I can, you know, cozy up to the rich Lannisters and the Mm -hmm. powerful Lannisters. And I can, at the same time cozy up to the Starks and be like, Hey, I grew up with you guys. Kind of, you know, um, so that's the two advantages that Baelish has. Therefore, he could find maybe an easier, less bloody route to the throne. Mm. If 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 you got Ned to listen to him, yeah, that's my only thought process. Is thinking, uh, no, it's great. Thinking Baelish's way, thinking Ned's way is like a whole different thing, right? <laughs> it's like it's one of stubborn
1: honor, as we know, yeah. and it's it's uh it's it comes from a good place. And it's funny, season one, yeah, you we don't know too much about Baelish. Uh, I mean, we get a ton of Baelish in season one, but you're still jury's still out. Cause I think you immediately kind of start to, well, I'm not supposed to like him, but I like him. I get it. And again, I keep going back to this thing. It, it's it's kind of related, but not Ned is the hero of season one as per the marketing. Right. And per our, Hey, Sean Bean, we know him. Uh, and if you're not familiar with the story from this point of view, as I always approach it. The fact that that, that monologue, the sex position monologue uh, paints Ned in a different light. Not a bad light, but, like, uh, I keep going to this example. I know people listening are like, we get it, we get it, Robert Baratheon. But Robert, we root for Robert because he's the king. He's Ned's f- friend. And then along the way, you're like, eh, he's done, eh, I mean, he might have been good at one point. I don't know what's going on with him. But we associate good with Ned. So when Baelish is the f- one of the first to kind of come along and be like, "Well, w- well, the Starks, man. Dumb, slow, stubborn against her will, uh, and uh, you know his Ned's brother did some horrible things to me. Therefore, it, it, I'm transferring my hate onto Ned as well. Again, doesn't paint Ned in a bad picture, but it it makes the it makes it all more complicated and gray. So not I'm saying not that I'm saying I'm rooting for Baelish in this scenario, um, but I understand. Let me just try to I can control Ned a little bit easier. Can't control Stannis. Renly, maybe. He's, he knows Renly more. Even though Stannis left. He's on the high council, small council, but... I forget my councils. Uh, small council left. I think Stannis is harder... Well, Stannis is not harder to read. He, he's You're just not going to push him off that rock.
2: I don't know. Yeah. Baelish, man. Yeah. It's interesting because you, you start to realize Baelish's endgame, mm-hmm. and you start to realize his strengths with yeah kind of playing the game the way he played it and he played it so well to the point that i still feel like he would have been my winner at the end (laughs) somehow he would have found a way um a lot of it worked a lot if i was writing the book yeah um and then again you never know he might be at the end
1: (laughs) george could be crossing some (laughs) things out right
2: now but then again i I always felt like that Mm -hmm. whole game that he was playing was so well done yeah throughout pretty much most of the seasons was super interesting, especially season two, right? Yeah. When he starts to kind of play the whole like the Tyrell connection and all this. because yeah. Yeah, without without Baelish, you, who knows if we would have gotten the Tyrells coming yeah, in. Yeah, I don't think second. so. I don't I don't know. I like, don't think so. I mean yeah.
1: he's got so many uh irons in the fire. I mean the the Liza Aaron stuff and this is, you know and and for me, I still just the moment you kind of realize Baelish is behind it all with the f- the killing of John Aaron yeah. and everything, I just that's where I've just I it's still one of the more exciting reveals for me in, in, in the story.
2: Yes. And the way he's able to conjure up chaos mm-hmm. for the purpose of accomplishing his goals, yeah. for the purpose of almost causing a magician level distraction where it's like, look over here while I do a magic trick Mm -hmm. over here and rise to power. And all of a sudden you're going to be like how this guy rise to power. And it's like, it almost seems like a magic trick because he's so good at causing diversions. Yeah. With, with different storylines and story beats and people's intentions. He's just so good at it. I love it. I love Baelish. I can go off about Baelish. I know let's wear
1: a big, what if and, 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 and you're, you're, your issues with the end of Baelish aside, let's put that aside yeah. for this episode. Let's say he survives in any way, shape, or form in season seven, and in the story, where do you, where would you want to see him factor in in the end game? I know it's a big it's a big picture question because butterfly effect things are going to start to change. But you know, he helps Sansa, he brings in the Knights of the Vale, uh, he starts plays his little game, gets his neck sli- sl- sliced right open. Fine, fair enough. But what if that doesn't happen? Okay, do you see him? do you do you see him wanting to get Sansa on the throne just had a connection to Catelyn?
2: Yes. So what I see, and I know this is me reaching. This is you. Well, <laughs> yeah, no, this is a this is a big what if, yeah. What I see is Baelish wouldn't have made certain mistakes that he mm. made in the show. That's yeah. one. Okay. If he didn't, Sansa might have viewed him in a different light. The whole right. um going back in time and watching what he did Mm. the whole superpower thing yeah um wouldn't have i don't think that should play in that was just my Uh issue as far as like well i saw what happened because i'm an all-seeing you know right right, right. uh raven and it's like that doesn't make any sense like how do you explain that to some again that was my issue with the ending i'm trying to throw it out ken (laughs) i'm trying but But that that was my biggest issue is like your biggest witness is a kid who can see the past and future future present it's like (laughs) That's not a reliable witness. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of dumb. Yep. Um, again, that's mm-hmm. me just going off on a tangent. Right. What I would have seen is somehow Sansa saying what she said, I think, in the beginning of season seven, where mm-hmm. she's like, yeah, Baelish is kind of sleazy and weird, but he knows his place. He knows what he's doing. Right, and right. He, and he's, come, he's, he's been here long enough. I, I, she right. says something like that in the beginning of season seven, where right. she's yeah, like, "Yeah,
1: yeah,
2: yeah." I am keeping him around because you know he's he's helped out, and, right? Right, you know, he's been around. Been around. I think he would have been somehow surviving through the end of mm-hmm. the, the 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 Night King, the the battle at Winterfell
1: would have done something of value. A long to, night,
2: yeah. something of value there. Yeah. Eventually, living on through. The burning of King's Landing, right? Mm -hmm. I think it gets to the very end. The part that people don't like about the last episode, which is everything post Danny and John. I think people liked everything leading up to it. Sure. Right after the whole like, what do we do now? now? Democracy, capitalism, like that whole like speech where they sat down all the the big lords and kings of each kingdom. Right. Where we had the guy from Dorne and you know, we got all these guys coming back. Yeah. Um, Davos was there. Sansa was there. These people, I think Baelish would have been one of them. Yeah. yeah. I think Baylish would yeah, have yeah. found oh, a way been. to be like, he could have been the brawn of the whole ending, I think is what could have happened. And, and Where he what, kind of yeah. finessed his way into getting into getting the up. reach. Or something like that, where or, or or he could have messed yeah. his way into getting part of the north, or maybe even ruling with Sansa in the north. I don't know. I just think Baelish could Ooh. have gotten something bigger than what he got.
1: You think Sansa turns her heart turns on him, right? In maybe. a good way. I don't
2: know. <laughs> I don't know. That's a tough one. I know. It's but I'd like. But
1: but here's the thing. So if he gets to that end game, yeah he's there in, that, in those meetings, uh, when you said, like, does he get the reach or something like that, it's pretty fascinating because at some point do they all kind of forgive and forget anything? Is it like, ah, we all were fighting over this throne and now Bran's got it and let's all be nice again. I could see you know, Tyrion either fighting that or being like, hey, redemption is is something that I had to go through as well do that? Would they believe that is, is any part of Baelish saying, Hey, I, I, the night King scared the crap out of me and I'm good now.
2: Well, this is my issue with the show. You know, this is my issue with the show. The fact that you can say those questions about Baelish, but you can't right. say them about Tyrion or you can't say them about, yeah. uh, other characters that have done questionable things can, right. And everyone kind of forgives it because it's Peter Dinklage. It's but it's not the sleazy ha ha ha. Yeah. yeah. Mustache twirling Baelish. And Literally. I'm just like, if he wasn't twirling his mustache, Mm -hmm. And if he didn't have that weird accent... Would you kind of be Team Baelish here? Like that's fascinating. I'm just to being be. I'm just being honest. I love yeah. that, <laughs> but no, that's fascinating. It's like so many characters have done such be- terrible things, but we forgive them because it's Jon Snow and it's this is It's, great. it's Daenerys. It's this Cersei. It's like no. Well,
1: this is great. No, I love like, this. Why can't I can't get redeemed. I don't bro? think we. I know you've mentioned that before. Same yeah. with Jamie too. Everyone loves yeah. Jamie. It's like bro. Ja- it's Jamie from Larson. the early on. And this yeah. this is oh my gosh. You've just stumbled into a, a great thing here. Yeah. I do want to talk about. I do want to talk about it in the time and that we have remaining in this first segment, which, quite frankly, is all the time we want. Yep. Um, going back to the sex position scene, mm. we focus on it as viewers. It becomes this scene. There's mm. two women having sex with each other over his shoulder, and we're going to get all scandalized and, and titillated and watch that, and then we almost forget the content of the scene. The content of the scene is kind of what we we're talking about. Baelish going, oh, you, th- oh, you think the St- honorable Starks are all good? Look what happened here his brother cut me here to here because I stood up to look, cause I loved his sister. You know, I love Catelyn Stark, you know, like, like, or, or Catelyn Tully, like he tells a bit of a story that's not, I mean, beat for beat. Maybe it's not a similar, but it's the same vein of Jamie Lannister going the whole, he burned them, uh, burn them all speech where he, you first, first in season one, they're talking about the first kills, Barrist and, and, and Robert and him. It's the first time I, at least, first time you go, wait, wait a minute. jamie has got something different to him than what I thought because we're playing at it. That why doesn't Baelish get that credit? Yeah. Now, I know a lot of people who love Baelish. Yes. But the public... Do you
0: really? <laughs> I do. I, felt, I do. thought I was the only one. I
1: do. No, no. no I, uh, I'll introduce you to my friend Jessica. Okay. <laughs> she literally listens to the chaos is a ladder speech in her car. i go. um,
2: But you know what I mean? The general consensus... Well, can I, can I get, yeah. get that even bigger? Do it. Think about the way we view medieval times and medieval people. The mm-hmm. way we view the Starks, right? The way Ned views his life, the way the Starks view their life. Honor family blood right Right. where it's like i'm gonna cut some people's heads off because it's the honorable thing to do what we celebrate violence and 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 murder and war as if it's this honorable glorious thing but when Baelish wants to play politics we're like politics and it's the least (laughs) bloody thing you can do it's it's dialogue and it's and it's trying to convince people to see your way it's lobbying it's (laughs) lobbying and it's the it's the actual correct way to to do things but because we as an audience are fascinated with blood and violence and like honor and going down with the sword and living by the sword and it's like no that's not (laughs) the right way to do things you're 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 sponsoring more war and more violence when Baelish is like, let's just talk it out and let's see if you could see my side of things, which is the least bloody side of your things where you want war. And I yeah. don't want war. Again, this is not to condone any sins. It's not. It to really is To be fair to me, yeah. If you read the books, and you do, Ken, I'm sorry, I'm slapping your laptop. <laughs> I'm getting too passionate <laughs> here. I love it. But if you read the books, yeah. The way Baelish is written isn't as mustache twirly, as he is in the show, which bugs me so much. But it's Ken. it's visual. Yeah, but this it's, is it's great. It's great in the show, but it's so like. He's not this mustache twirling villain. He's much more a politician, a guy who's like, hey, wait a minute. Let's see the side. Hey, Mm -hmm. wait, what about this guy? What about that guy? Let's choose the least bloody option here. And he always plays that kind of game. Mm -hmm. Whereas in the show, he's like telling women to go harder at each other. Yeah. And then we kind of get mad at him because it's like, look at this sleazebag. It's like, No, I mean, he's like, yeah, and again, he does bad things. But I
1: think what your point is. If everyone along the way has done some pretty bad things, which is why you 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 were on, you were on team question Danny back in season three yes. or four, and that wasn't a popular team to play for, and still is not. Yeah, it still is. Um, <laughs> I keep going to the stuff I keep, and I love Ned Stark, but that's why I love. Looking at him in a different light. Jamie Lannister, Cersei Lannister, we root for Cersei a little bit more than we were for Baelish, but it's visual. Like it's like that crazy, silly dating show that's on Netflix right now where you know you you go on, you sit in rooms and you don't see who you're talking to. It's sweeping the nation. You're gonna love this show. <laughs> um not seen it. And it's like can people fall in love by not seeing who each other, just uh, hearing each other, right? It's it, 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 it's silly. The
2: voice. I, this it, is the kind voice kind of
1: yeah. uh Grace has been watching the show with okay. with the rest of the world here. Uh so it's the only reason I bring it in. But Game of Thrones plays with that. Mm-hmm. Game of Thrones does play with that because you 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 look at Baelish as he's presented on the show and you're 100% right. The accent, the whispers,
2: yeah. everything. You're like, the I way he like immediately don't trust him. Women. Yeah. The way he works in a brothel. Like, yeah. oh, this guy's he just doesn't yeah. care about people. He's this yeah. selfish dude. And then and no one's
1: like- going to take the time to figure out why, which might spurn him on a little bit more, which might send him down the more diabolical path. Yeah. And he's the one that, that is like, yeah, we got to kill Joffrey.
2: Yeah. And we're going to yeah. do
1: it this way, with the Tyrells.
2: Can I throw, I know, we're running out of time. Throw Real it. Real quick. Yeah. One more what if at you. And, mm-hmm. and I know we, we love what if, or do you want to do it after the break? Then do it right now. What if this whole show lives and dies by one episode?
3: Mm-hmm.
2: The episode that tore everyone apart. Yeah. The Reigns of Casimir, right?
3: Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm.
2: Season three, episode nine. Right. What if Tywin Lannister didn't do that? Mm. what if tywin what if walter frey said no and uh, what if walter frey said no i'm joining up with the starks yeah. uh, i'm going to keep my quote unquote quote honor mm-hmm. to to the starks i'm going to stay with rob and i'm not going to kill them how long would this war have gone it would have been and what would have been the outcome
1: rob marches to to castmere uh, uh, to to not, uh, not to castmere to to castle rock and it's a bloodshed there. They raise the city there, and then it. it they you know, How Tywin that? rides out with his army.
2: It's a bloody, bloody, bloody thing. Which but is, but if you're going to play the numbers game, you yeah. would assume that Tywin would win, right? I would think there. Yeah, I would think he would. So so eventually, this whole conclusion would have ended the same way, just in a more drawn out and more bloody way. And I still think Roos would have done something in the field of battle. Oh yeah,
1: that's against, interesting. Against Rob. Yeah, I think he was waiting. I think Tywin just found an opportunity. That's a good
2: point. Yeah,
1: but this is also why you and I love Tywin. And again, I love Tywin. Tywin has done bad things. Yeah, bad things, and he pays for it with his life, as he should. Yeah. But the fact that, as he tells Tyrion, how 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 is me killing uh, people at dinner worse than killing like a thousand men in war? How is it worse? Yeah, in
2: this world. Yeah. In this world, it's, really, it's an interesting question because the way Tywin plays it yeah. is, is 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 not necessarily because he's this merciful father that yeah. wants to save his soldiers from dying, no. but at the same time he is a financial man and he knows right. the finances of war. Yeah. He says and if he- I drag this out for four more months or five more months, I'm gonna spend more men, more yeah. money, more resources when I can just end this in a night. I'm going to end it in one night and say, you know what? I'm done. Good night. We're running out of gold. We're running out out of gold, running out of people, running out of soldiers and men and money. Mm -hmm. I can just end this one night. I can save money, save men, and just go home and chill. Tywin also has (laughs) a a king
1: who he knows this is a problem. Yeah, Joffrey's a problem. Yeah, I need to concentrate energy on that. Yeah, no, this 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 is why we love the show, but this is why we love some of those characters and why I think sometimes... People approach the show, the show particularly, because, again, it is it is it's this visual thing. Uh, it, It's, you know, people listen to the Nixon Kennedy debate on the radio said Nixon won. People watch TV said Kennedy won. That's one of the big historic things in, in politics. Um, if, if you go to the TV version, we just I think people, listeners, viewers, excuse me, apply traditional storytelling things that they're familiar with to it.
2: it, it T- mustache twirling. Yeah. Don't like them, Yeah. Yeah. Look at his face. That guy's yeah. clearly a bad guy. Yeah. Right? And it's yeah. like, what? <laughs> That's yep. not fair. But it's the way we play the game now in real life. It's really yeah. interesting the way we even view uh, actors and actresses, or even if you saw the Oscars last week. Mm-hmm. People, I don't like that guy. Oh, that guy's kind of weird. Or certain things, oh, I don't like that actress. Look at her face. And it's like, who cares about her face? What are we doing? Same with politics, right? If you saw the debate last week, people are like, ah, I just don't trust that guy. Or that guy's just not likable. It's it's the
1: likability, drink a beer with factor. Yep, The
2: likability to drink a beer with factor, which is something that's kind of disappearing more time goes on yeah as we evolve as a people
1: i think with more access yeah more insight yeah yeah
2: and we start to focus a little bit more on policy and on actions
1: if twitter was around for baelish people might have appreciated it <laughs> <a
2: little more. laughs> yeah Tw- uh baelish twitter would have been and late. again
1: for those listening and, and, and who anyone screaming at the podcast, oh they're
2: gonna be screaming <laughs> no no
1: I, I, we uh, this is not baelish. to say that baelish is a 100 percent no. Good guy who just was wrong. He's
2: just one of my favorite.
1: Characters. He's just one of. It's just in this show I'm continuing, continued, uh, continuously. Excuse me, continuously fascinated by these little wrinkles to the story. Mm. And I never really had focused on the idea of. Baelish gives his. Let me tell you what happened to me. Speech, mm. and we all went nah.
2: <laughs> We're all like nah, bro. Blood and honor. <laughs>
1: Blood and honor. <laughs> Go kill. If he had killed Brandon Stark, uh. you know, would it be like yeah, good on you. Yeah. And I, you know, and I'm all for going out in your shield. I, I'm I'm here for a little violence too. I am not going to lie and say no, but I have never really focused on it in the way that you present it. So yeah. that's why you're here
2: yeah, to here. defend
1: the if, honor. If Baelish of was Peter as Baelish. good
2: looking as Jamie Lannister, <laughs> that'd be it. If we wasn't, <laughs> that'd be it. It's a statement. If Jamie gets away with it. And
1: a lot of things. <laughs> We're gonna take a quick break here on uh, Casterly talk on the other side. Uh, Some more calls, some great calls, some more discussions with the great Andres Cabrera here on Casterly Talk.
0: Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for
2: it? That's where Bank of America can help.
1: Ah oh, man, I love this guy, Andres Cabrera. You elevate the conversation every time you join a Castaway really Talk and Force Center too. We're going to be uh, you're coming on Force Center next week for a special Star Wars rank. Mm-hmm. Ace is in the place, and we are uh, diving deep into some wonderful conversations. Uh, I, I could I could really dive into that that Baelish point time and time again with you. But we got some stuff here. We got some more calls. Uh, this is uh, possible. And again, if you're out there listening, we get uh, we're getting some new uh, people calling in. You could do this via the Anchor app. We are uh, hosted on Anchor. Our podcast is available uh, is available in a lot of spots. I didn't have my lunch today. That's why I'm st- my throat doesn't want to work. Um, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, a lot of places. Search for Casually Talk. But here on Anchor. Through the Anchor app, you can go ahead and just leave a quick message directly to us. Pretty easy, and join the conversation. So we, we get a lot of great calls. Addy, uh, that call inspired two conversations in two separate episodes. Uh, Billy always calls in with great calls, and he's got one. A what if I'm going to have to deal with a little bit later? Billy, I can't get I can't the Jora one. Even though we talked about Jora last week, I'm gonna. I'm going to have to think on this one it's, it's what if Jorah survived to the end What would they have done to Danny But I touched upon it a little bit last week I'm going to get, I'm gonna think about that one there. Um, but I also talked about uh, Recent weeks uh, The idea of things left out in the show That were in the books And how I do in the end agree with a lot of it From a producing standpoint When you're cutting things out of a, a story that you cannot get, to, when you know you cannot get to everything that's in the source material. And you have to go, and, and sometimes it's awkward, sometimes it doesn't work, clearly, I'm not just talking Game of Thrones, other things as well. You have to find what your core of the story is, and of those things, Ace, said I said I was fine with losing, though I wanted to see it, and still, in part heart of my heart, wishes it happened, and it's Lady Stoneheart. So... I kind of were like, eh, I'm, I'm good with it. I can live with it. And Billy actually calls in and says, you know what? I disagree with that, and I like what he presents. So let's listen listen to this and then discuss.
3: Hey Ken, it's Billy. So I have to disagree with you on the whole Lady Stoneheart topic. I You, you said it made sense that they kept her out of the show because they really wanted to focus on the themes, but I think Lady Stoneheart is so crucial to the themes of the show and to Arya Stark's character in particular. In season three, when Arya first meets Barrick and learns that he can come back from death, she asks him if he could uh, revive somebody who lost their head, referencing her father, Ned Stark, and Barrick said unfortunately that's not how it works or it might have been Thoros, I can't really remember but she's based, She's told that like her, her dad can't come back but then her mom dies and as in the books, the mom comes uh, Catelyn Stark comes back but she's totally focused on revenge she is basically Arya's on the path of becoming Lady Stoneheart and I think their, their meeting is going to happen in the books and I think it's a real missed opportunity that it didn't happen in the show
1: all right, this is great call from Billy here, and it, and it takes my mind in a few different places. Hey so I'll pitch it to you here. Where, where do you what, overall? What do you think about Lady Stoneheart not being in the show, and then this idea of maybe Arya seeing a little bit of herself reflected, her current path reflected in the face of Lady Stoneheart?
2: Yeah, I'm. I'm also with you. I, I think it's fine that it wasn't in mm. the show. There's just a lot to cover, and I think mm. it would have been something that you can't really brush over. Or give like five minutes each episode too. Like right. that's kind of a that's, that's big, a big thing. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty big. So I don't see how they would have mm-hmm. made that a crucial part of the show. Yeah. While at the same time doing all the other storylines they could have done. Right. So I, I'm I'm with you there, and I and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm unfortunately I'm not with Billy there. Mm-hmm. The whole idea of the Aria connection is interesting because it kind of it's very interesting. Yeah, yeah. Well, if you think about it, Aria did become what Lady Starheart was. I mean, look at, was it episode one of season seven Mm -hmm. where she just goes into the house of Frey and just slaughters everyone. Yeah. So, I mean, she is purely a vengeance machine for a large portion of Mm. her journey. Yeah. Um, where she's just killing everyone and everything in sight, even at the very last episode or second to last episode where Mm -hmm. the Hound literally has to stop her. Yeah, from I mean, her whole vengeance mission. She's on a vengeance mission. Great point, yeah. And she just doesn't stop. She's almost like this angel of death, Lady Stoneheart kind of person. Great point.
1: Great point. And again, Billy, this is a great thought. We love this here. Uh, The 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 going when 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 Lady Stoneheart when it kind of became clear she wasn't in the show, you there was this conversation I I I would see pop up whether it be online or in person of like whatever Stoneheart's plots are in the book that we don't know yet. Of course, we know where it ends. We, we, we so far in, in book five, I don't, you know, I don't want to go too far into it. People are playing catch up with the books, but could Aria get a lot of those story points. And I don't know if specifically she got store some of those story points because I don't necessarily think George shared those Stoneheart story points with Betty Offenweiss, especially if they, he knew they were not putting her in the show. Um, But it seems that Arya, just what you said, gets a lot of the beats. That maybe in the book it is the brothers without uh, banners and Stoneheart who take out the phrase. Because that's what she's there doing. That's what she's back doing. And potentially, potentially, I'm even playing that even even more. Go with me, folks. This is a big what if. This is a big what if. But that moment, which I think is one of my favorite moments in season eight, which is a hound basically finally saying, I'm going to stop you. Arya from doing this you're better than this go live your life in a way Uh, big powerful scene could could stoneheart it in any way shape or form Uh, not being able to communicate fully with her words but communicate with her action at any point so it's powerful potentially more powerful coming from Catelyn Stark reborn which is I think part of Billy's point here and I don't think Billy's wrong about that but I think it does transfer a little bit And some of the
2: themes might be there with Arya
1: again we don't know exactly because George hasn't
2: told us. Here's something that I, I, I want to bring up to you, which I find fascinating. The idea of Lady Stoneheart, right? This whole woman being wronged and being mm-hmm. brought back to life to seek vengeance. Right. We almost view it as this way. I think even Barrick says it. I believe he says it, where like every time you die, you lose a part of your soul. Yeah, yeah. Come, yeah. You don't come back as strong. Yeah. Yeah. So it's one of those things where she's lost a bit of her humanity to the point where she's almost. I mean, Mm -hmm. she's barely human in the sense that she's only purely seeking vengeance. Yeah. Right. And and the way we view Lady Stoneheart in the book, contrast that with the way we view Arya Stark's vengeance mission on the show is I find fascinating, Ken. Because if you go online and on YouTube, any scene where Arya Stark slits someone's throat or like stabs someone in the stomach or just whatever, she takes vengeance on someone. Constantly. It's a cheer moment. Yes. It's literally like the Super Bowl, and your team scored a touchdown. Like, watch a reaction video, and everyone's like, Yeah, whoa, touchdown. And it's like, But Bale picks St- up a fork at dinner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Arya Stark slit someone's throat, and, yeah. and they deserved it, but it's still like a little yeah. girl killing someone. Well, the, the, the
1: boy in the stable in, at the end of season one. Yeah. Her first kill. Yeah. I mean, I yeah. Yeah. Do it. But uh, it's always like, Wow, oh boy.
2: Yeah, but it's it's interesting the way we view Mm. her vengeance almost like a worthy thing where it's like, yeah, get it, girl. Whereas like, is that really what we would have seen on the pages of a book, for example? Yeah. I I just find that fascinating where Mm -hmm. in in the show, it's a cheer moment where in the book where it's a little quieter, it might have been a little bit more like, ooh, Mm -hmm. interesting. Is she still human or is she purely a vengeance machine is she purely the terminator now is she a t1000 or a T 800 Mm -hmm. purely seeking vengeance where that's her only mission in life yeah to where the point that if that's your only goal where is your humanity where is it gone and i think she you know there's that
1: scene with Hot Pie. It's not necessarily collected, connected to the big theme you're talking about, or even what Billy's talking about. But she finds a little bit of it there. She's gonna go she kill does. the queen. Hot yeah. Pie. Hot Pie jogs her head a little bit, jogs her heart. Connects the Nymeria stuff, um, and 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 she's always gonna be that kind of person with Nymeria. And I know, you know, that's why she goes west of West and all that kind of stuff. So, I think it's there. I think it's there. I I, I understand what Billy's saying, like that. I mean, just the, the, the reveal of of Michelle Fairley zombied up in the show would have just destroyed the internet at the
2: it time. Would've, it would have yeah. just.
1: And I remember the moment I thought it was going to happen, which is at, at the end of season four, I thought, you know, all right, here, Tywin's dead. And all right, they're changing a couple of things about Tyrion and his. And, and oh, Varys is going with him. Things are different. Arya's got the, 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 the ship to Bravos. And I'm telling you, I was watching with one of my friends. We're like, it's gonna fade to black. We're like, here it comes, fade to black, foot feet up in the forest, someone's walking and 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 two frays are hanging and there's Stoneheart. And I, I I still I still kind of wish I had that moment. But moments don't mean story, moments don't mean mean themes. And I still think some of what would have been there or potentially is there between Stoneheart and Arya and a reflection of what you could be if you're just a vengeance monster, um is there. Thanks to the Hound and Aria's moments. But yeah, yeah, good answer. Billy, that's a great call. Absolutely. I love it. I love when people are like, good point, weird dude that rambles in microphones by himself. But here's a better one. So yeah. Billy, uh, continue sending in those kind of things here. We got a couple more calls left here today on this episode. Um, one I'm going to play again that's going to set up uh, a, a, another episode. Uh, Eric Monroe's here, and Eric Monroe, Eric is a regular contributor here. Calls in with some great stuff all the time, and the reason I love Eric for a lot of reasons is his love of Stannis Baratheon. So here's another Stannis call.
2: Hey, Kenny Cashley. talk. So I love that he's about the what if. What if, you know, Ned would have gone along with everything and not supported our man Stannis and gone along with what Baelish wanted and supported Joffrey as king. It got me thinking of a, of a change the show made. In the books, Stannis had already suspected that Robert's children weren't really his. He, in fact, he's the one he enlisted John Aaron's help to uncover that secret, so he already knew about it. And, and on the show, he, of course, finds out strictly through, you know, Ned, sending him a message and telling him this and you know you being a stannis fan too which which do you like better do you like it better that stannis had uncovered it himself and already knew or do you like it better him finding out
1: through ned like it was on the show great call eric about stannis and and stannis learning his true purpose here i don't know um obviously books gonna play it a little bit different you have a little more time with it i think I don't want to cheat here, Ace, and say a little column a, a, little column B. It might be that too. I got to think, even on the show, Stannis was like, well, Why do Robert's kids have blonde hair at some point. But I love going back to what we were talking about in the first segment. I think you know where I'm going. The fact that Ned, you have that connection, and Ned's like, this is the guy. And then I'm like, hey, Ned says Stannis is the guy, everyone. And everyone's like, F Stannis. But I'm like, but Ned, we like Ned. <laughs> He, he vouches for Stannis. Okay. Yeah. What do
2: you think? Yeah. You it's coming? interesting because, well, if you, if you break it down for real, mm-hmm. the first time we see Stannis, I believe is season two. Correct. So the beach? I think it would have been a lot to throw into season one. If you would yep. have been like, Oh, by the way, Stannis, you know, said something Ned yep. about John Aaron and he's like, what, what did he say? And then he looks it up in the book and all that yeah. kind of stuff. I think it would have been a bit much. I kind of like the whole mm-hmm. Ned stumbling into like a noir mystery where yeah. he's figuring it out on his own,
1: going to see the blacksmith. Yeah. And, and,
2: yeah. and I, I kind of like that better in my opinion. Yeah. Um, and it also kind of works with the reveal of Stannis a bit better in season two when it does. it's like, who the hell is this guy on Dragonstone and who's yeah. this lady burning? Cause we hear about Stannis. Yeah. A lot of
1: people are like, Oh, you don't want him to be King. And then just finally see the payoff. Yeah, I agree. Cause you know, he's supposed to be on the small council, uh, but then again, so is Barristan, and it's played a little differently. I think you can assume. I can't remember the details of season one right now, but I, I, I think you can assume Stannis packs up his bags and goes before we we join up with the show. But I think just in terms of basic storytelling, screen actually not even storytelling, screenwriting and the art of of of, of writing a script for TV or film. A lot of times, the thing that you go on paper oh, wouldn't it be great if Stannis comes here. Maybe he and that have a conversation. Stannis says, "Yeah, what about that?" Da, da, da. Um, you'll eventually find at some point you have to make those tough cuts mm. and go, we don't need that. The story really starts right here. Stannis on the beach. Mm. We'll figure out. the. We'll fill in the rest. And Ned tells him, and that's where he empo-
2: gets empowered. And so I think in the end, uh, I like how- I also like, it, and I know it's a small moment. Yeah. I like the moment where Stannis, uh, I forget the son of Barristan. I'm mean, not Barristan, Davos. Where oh, t- Matos, yeah. Where he tells him, you know, send this letter to every yeah. man, woman, and king in Westeros or lord in Westeros. I'm not yeah. going to make the same mistake as Ned Stark. Right. Um, it's just a great line. It's a great line. <laughs> and it's a great, it's a great moment. moment. Well, you, you know, that's that's the uh,
1: Stannis to me, uh, you know, Jamie Lannister, sir, he's still a knight. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I too. love it. I, I think, I mean, I
2: love, love Stannis too, but it's one of those moments where I think that moment works a little better yeah. Ned's letter, yeah. than it would have if Stannis would have kind of planted the seed.
1: Yeah. Uh yeah, no, I think that's uh, I think that's uh, I think that's great. But Eric, great call as always. All right, this is the next call. This is gonna set us up and I gotta uh, maybe a couple weeks here, Ace. We'll get you back Ooh. uh real quick here. And uh oof, you know, maybe we can get Rachel and Lawn, maybe maybe we can get the whole team together. We'll we'll figure out what's going on here. But uh we got a new caller and he's got a great little uh, prompt for us here. And we're gonna play it now. We're gonna have a little discussion about it and then we'll come back. Down the line with the answers here. Here is Ben. Hey, Ken, new fan of the podcast. Just want to say how great it is to finally listen to somebody who sees eye to eye with me on season eight. There you go, Ben. Anyways, my question for you today is what are your top 10 episodes of Game of Thrones? My top 10 episodes are number one, The Long Night, two, Blackwater, three, The Winds of Winter, four, Battle of the Bastards, five, the Iron Throne. Six hard home, seven the bells, eight the Reigns and Castamere, nine the children, and ten Baylor. Uh, thanks and keep up the good work. Thanks, Ben, for discovering Castle Talk and calling in. Yeah, this is going to inspire an complete episode. There's no way because you showed up at my house today. I'm like, hey, what are your ten favorite episodes? Yeah, to it. I mean, I could
2: maybe give you a yeah. few, but I can't like make. A yeah, list off the top of my head, and, all that. and, and
1: there's no. a lot. And and Ben's got a, an all-star list here for good reason. Oh, those I, are great. I love and I love too. You Can tell Ben. ben yeah, I was gonna say. Ben's like me. Season eight guy. He's got some, he's got got some, some season eight. Some season eight going <laughs> on. I love the bells. <laughs> I love long the bells, night bells. Yeah. I love his choice of the children. I think the children's a, 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 a good. Um, yeah. Kind of sneaky classic, uh, hard home for good reasons. Blackwater, uh, Blackwater, I uh, still Blackwater, Battle of the Bastards. still might be you know. Uh, when you, when you die, I still say is the Ooh. best example of. What a Game of Thrones episode could be, sure. should be, often is held up to, which means some of the episodes feel a little uh, less important. As yes. se- season one uh, episode seven, "You Win or You Die," is like the one that I would submit. Like, here's what Game of Thrones is, um, but the show gets bigger, and better, even beyond that. So, I don't know, man. Uh, I- I'm gonna have to start start getting down to it. There do you have any do you have any sneaky one? That you any, any surprise no. that you would know right now that you would put on your list? No, or that you'd consider because the list isn't final.
2: No, because Ben named quite a few of mine. Yeah. I, I really do like spectacle episodes, and he named quite a few of them. Yeah, um, I think they're great, and I think they work really well. I would have to deep dive into episodes that have a few of my favorite moments mm-hmm. and how the rest of the episode ranks as a whole. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Because you have totally. those episodes where you're just like, that has one of my favorite moments in all Game of Thrones, yeah, yeah. but is the rest of the episode... Yeah. Live up to that moment. It's, so it's that's one of those things where rankings. I would love so, to yeah, really
1: rankings much. so tough when it comes to like movies or, or episodes. Yes. Is when Star Wars. It's you know my what is my Star Wars movie rank list? Ah, I can ch- it's going to change every day because just like you said, Attack of the Clones is going to come in low all the time for me. But oh my god, that scene
2: with dooku I got oh, I, I to put I, that
1: in. And oh, that, I got to put that in. I yeah. love
2: Attack of the Clones, but yeah. it will come in low yeah. for me. Yeah, yeah. It's one of those things where it's like, I love the movie. Yeah. But it's still near the well, bottom. <laughs> well, for instance, I
1: talked about it last week, uh, but do we hear when we went to the Baelish thing? So, so the climb, which is the chaos is a lot oh, speech episode. Yeah. Chaos is a ladder is, is perhaps one of the best moments in the show because it's insight, not just a Baelish, but it's kind of like what's going on. This whole thing's chaos. Who's going to make the most of it. And it's very important. It's a very, it's a thesis statement type of episode type of moment. But I remember watching the episode, going, I didn't like that. That's not, I didn't like that episode. Yeah, filler, filler. Yeah, I'm probably wrong about that, but yeah. But there again, I still don't think I'd rank that episode high, but I'd rank that moment top ten. Yeah. Oh, and that's another thing. Top ten moments. Oh, top one hundred moments. That might be even tougher. That's a lot. Yeah. Ben, uh, like I said, thank you for finding us here, casually talk. Uh, we're gonna get to that there, but I do want to play it, so just uh, you know that you know. Hey, we're thinking about this one. We're going to take our time and get yeah, it Yeah, right. we got
2: to do, I mean, obviously, episodes, moments. Have mm-hmm. we done a characters yet? No. No? We should do a characters. Hey, look, because,
1: you know, we do Star Wars Ranked over in Force Center. And, uh, you know, a lot of people have said GOT Ranked is something oh, that we do. So we might on. do, we might maybe, maybe we'll do a limited series, GOT Ranked. Just get some of the big stuff. Yeah. I think we're up for it. I think, I
2: think, that'd think we be can great. do it.
1: Oh, well now we got some ideas. Now we're programming live on <laughs> it. All right, everybody, we're out of here today for Castle Talk's 51st episode. Thank you for making this show possible. Thanks for calling in. Give us your thoughts, give us your opinions, uh, even if they disagree. This is not one of those uh I am not Joffrey here going, I am I am uh, talking Game of Thrones and I am right. I love to hear everyone's thoughts. Which is why I love bringing uh, Andres Cabrera in because he has great insights to the show even though he and I mostly I think agree on Game of Thrones, we have some 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 differing opinions or different different views. That really just make the conversation great and vibrant. So, sir, thank you for coming back.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for
1: having me. You're, this is your Game of Thrones home. And yes. uh you can go or, uh, follow Ace, the squad leader Ace on Twitter. And again, tell them where to find your great show, The Meaning
2: enough. Yeah, you can find me on YouTube at First Cut. If you look up First Cut YouTube channel, it'll come up right there. And the Meaning Enough podcast on Spotify. You can check us out there. Absolutely. If you
1: want to follow me, you can go to at Ken Go to KenNapsuck.com for information on all the things I'm doing, including stand-up comedy with Mark Ellis and Josh McCouga in Las Vegas, Nevada, on March sixth. Big show. Go to MarkEllisLive.net to get tickets to the House of Blues at Mandalay Bay playing Vegas, baby. That's right. We're like Elvis. We'll see you next time. This has been Casterly Talk.